Today we are starting a brand new sermon series, brand new message series, just entitled, I Got Options. How many of you like options? Right? I don't like to go to a restaurant where I've only got one thing on the menu and I can't pick from anything else, right? I want to have options. Um, There are restaurants I know that do one thing and they do it really well. Well, kudos to them, but I like options. I like choices, right? We all like choices. You like choices when you go to pick out a car or an automobile. And some of you like options on your options, right? And so uh, that's good. But today I want us to think about this, this thought process as it relates to us. I want you to think about this thought for a moment. What we are now is essentially the sum of the choices that we've made up to this point. Who you are today is a result of the choices and the decisions and the options that you've made for your life in the past. Who you will be tomorrow is essentially the decisions that you make today that determine who you'll become. Our choices matter. They do make a difference. And for the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about that. I got options. Give you a little snippet for next week. I, I'm, I'm excited about next week. Next week, we're going to meddle a little bit. Is that okay? Some of you just said, I've got to find something else to do next Sunday. Right? Next Sunday is going to be good. We're gonna, um, how, if you were to be honest, how many of you would say today that you're a little bit of a control freak? Raise your hand. All right. Well, now I want you to raise the hand to the person next to you because you know that that's what they're... <laughs> anyway. Next week, we're going to talk about this idea of surrender. I choose surrender over control. Surrender over control. It's going to be an awesome time. But today, I want to introduce our option today by asking you to imagine something with me. I want you to imagine just for a moment that everybody likes you. That everybody approves of you. That no matter what you do, everybody thinks you are awesome. Imagine that for a minute. Did you enjoy that? Because it will never, ever happen. Never happen. It's completely impossible. No matter what you do, you cannot please everybody. I want you to imagine, not only can, will that not happen, but I believe with all my heart that God wants the idea of who you please to be Him. That you'll choose this idea of today, we're going to talk about choosing purpose over popularity. That for those of you who are Jesus followers, that you are so, so consumed about pleasing Christ that the approval from other people doesn't really mean anything to you. Imagine waking up every single day with passion and with purpose in your life, knowing deep down that you are doing what you're created to do. It's what drives you, it's what motivates you, and the approval of other people is not even in your vocabulary or thought process because the thing that you're living for is approval from an audience of one. The option of choosing purpose over popularity. The problem is in our society today, 
we tend to default to the other. We default toward popularity. But think about it. We're asking all the time, do you like me? What do you think of me? Do you like my clothes? Do you like my hairdo? Do you like what I'm doing? Am I important enough? Do I fit in? Are we friends? Then why aren't you following me on Instagram? If we're friends. How come you're not following me on Facebook if we're friends? I thought you were my friend. It's like, do you, do you like my new belt? Do, do, you like my, do, do you like my car? Do, do, do you like my job? Do, do you like my house? Do, you know, we're consumed by that. And we find our value in those things. In what other people think of us. And before long, without even knowing it, you find yourself literally living for the approval of other people. Am I good enough? Do I fit in? Do I measure up? And we're trying to find meaning in what other people think instead of, and we forget about that God created us for a divine purpose. If you remember the purpose of a thing, you don't ask the thing, you ask the one who created the thing. Right? So if you want to know the purpose of your life, don't look for approval from another thing. Don't look for other people to, to join that. Find the person that created you for the purpose that he's called you to do. In other words, it's the creator that defines the creation. I want to talk for a minute just about this word purpose because I think we've, we've kind of blown it way up in, in Christian perspective and in Christian realms. I want to talk about this idea of purpose because a lot of times we think of purpose as this awesome, big, huge, amazing thing. And, and in reality, I want us to take the capital P off of purpose today and, and put a small p. Because I believe that as you follow Christ, the decisions that you make every day determine His purpose for your life. The challenge of finding God's purpose for me is to live out every day the small options, the little things, the decisions that I make to obey God, to obey His Word, to serve Jesus with all of my heart, to go and grab a hold of His Scripture and devour it into my life and saying yes to God and understand that if I'm faithful in the little things, God will make you experience bigger things. If I would have told, if you would have told me back when I got saved, I didn't have the same experience that Sarah had. When I got saved and I gave my heart to the Lord, man, I'm telling you what, if you'd have told me I'm doing what I'm doing now, I'd have told God, forget it, man. No. No. But you know what happened in my life was every day I decided that I was going to make a decision every day not to make it to the place where I could be before you preaching. I was going to make a decision every day to just follow Jesus. I was going to make a decision every day of my life to give my heart to Him. And as I gave my heart and my life to Him in the little things in the beginning and just start devouring and following in love with Him, you know what He began to do? He began to open doors that I couldn't even dream about. And he is no respecter of persons. And you stop and think about that just for a minute. You may be here today, and I don't care if you're 9 or 99. 
If you will start today by making decisions that says, I'm going to serve God with all of my heart. I'm going to make options of and choosing of serving him every day, even in the little things. I'm telling you right now, church, he will put things in your life that you will be blown away with because you're choosing his purpose over what you want to do and over what man thinks you should do. Here's a big thought. If you're taking notes, you want to write this down. It's on the screen for you. It says this. Here's the problem. Living for the approval of people keeps you from the purposes of God. Living for the approval of people keeps you from the purposes of God. Anytime that I'm consumed about what people think about me, I tend to forget about what God thinks about me. And the fastest way to forget what God thinks is for me to be obsessed about what other people are thinking. I'm going to give you an example of a guy that did this in the Old Testament. And we're actually going to look at him in Hebrews chapter 11. His name is Moses. Let me give you a little background context on Moses. Moses was born as a Hebrew slave. But he was adopted into the home of Pharaoh and his family. A guy who was born into poverty and into slavery ended up having a lavish lifestyle of royalty and extravagance. And even though he could have cho- chose a life of comfort, instead he chose a calling over comfort. He could have easily given up into popular opinion and just stayed where he was, but he chose his purpose over popularity. Let's begin reading in verse 24 of Hebrews chapter 11, it says this, By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a time. He esteemed the reproach of Christ as greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Father, today I pray, help us, God. Lord, when we even got here this morning, the thing that we prayed was, Holy Spirit, when we walk through these doors today, we are yours. And we want you to speak into our life. So I pray, God, that you would do that. Help me, God, to get out of the road. (coughs) I give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen. I love that. He esteemed the reproach of Christ as greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Why? Because he was all about his reward. The reward. That following Christ, maybe yours says this, he he regarded the disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value. Greater value than popularity. He chose purpose over popularity. Today I'm going to give you three thoughts about power and purpose. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Just making sure that you're all with me. Because if you're not ready, there's no need to proceed forward. Right? Number one, purpose diminishes distractions. Purpose diminishes distractions. For many of us, one of the, what's one of the dis- biggest distractions that we have? Comparing, right? We compare ourselves. Ooh, what do they think about us? What is she doing? 
Why am I not where they are? Hello? You've heard it said this, if you want to destroy something amazing, compare it to something else. Well, she's already finished college and I'm on the 12-year plan. They've got a better paying job than I do. And all my friends, they're already getting married and I'm falling behind. The curse of comparing. Purpose diminishes that. Purpose defines our life in Christ and diminishes all the different distractions. You know, one of the greatest Bible characters that this kind of looks at is a guy by the name of Nehemiah. To know a little bit about Nehemiah, here's Nehemiah's story. Uh, some, some folks came from the home country in to talk to Nehemiah in chapter 1, and, and they were sharing with him just, he asked them, what's the state of things back home? And, you know, it's kind of hard when you're you know, back home and you hear everything's not going too well. And the, the wall's in disrepair, people are afraid, things are happening, it's, it's terrible. And all of a sudden, there was something that gripped the heart of Nehemiah, and he said, listen, I've got to do something. I, I can't just leave this up to anybody. I've got to do something. God's placing a burden in my heart. I, I've got to do it. So he goes to the king and gets permission to go and, and to do these things and, and to reestablish the wall that was broken down of his city. And he's up on a ladder. He's climbed up the ladder. He's putting stones in place. He's working away, doing the job. And then all of a sudden, two enemies of God's plan, the guy by the name of Sanballat and a guy by the name of Tobiah show up. And they start shouting insults at him. They start saying things like, this isn't going to happen. You're never going to get this done. You've got to stop this. We're going to crush you. This is stupid. Says things like, man, this is an impossible dream. Can I just interject here? How many of you know when you start doing things for the Lord and you start allowing God to define your purpose, there's going to be things that are going to happen to try to distract you? There's going to be things that happen that try to throw you off of focus. But what does Nehemiah do? He's just working away. He's got all these voices of doubt and discouragement screaming at him. But he's on top of of the wall just putting up stone after stone. And I love what he says in Nehemiah chapter 6 verse 3. Basically, they're hurling up all these stuff and they want him to come down and talk to him. And basically what he says is this, and this is my paraphrase, I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. What he says is, he says this in, in the actual scriptures is, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. I'm fulfilling God's purpose in this moment. I can't be distracted by your opinions. I'm doing what God has created me to do, and your voice is not going to stop me from doing this can't come down. Some of you need to grab a hold of that verse today because you know that God's placed something in your life, but every time you keep turning around, you get distracted. You, get, you fall back into the same sins you committed. You, can, you keep doing things that are not pleasing to God. You hear all these outside voices that are just screaming at you. You can't do this. you got to stop. This is not making any sense. you got to quit. And then all you do is you keep listening to all those outside distractions, and you've lost your laser focus. Some of you need to get that verse of, of, from Nehemiah in your heart that says, listen, I can't come down. I'm doing a greater work. I'm doing something that's more important. I, I, I ain't got time for that. 
doing a greater work. I can't come down because if I come down, I know I'm going to be distracted. And sometimes, man, you're, you're telling yourself, I know, I'm, God, I know you've called me this, but this doesn't seem real big right now. God's not looking for you to, to complete some big purpose. What God's looking for you to do is just every day walk with him and make him your goal, make him your purpose, make him the thing that you strive after, make him the one that you desire. And as you begin to follow him and you begin to go after him, he's going to begin to open up things in your life and you're going to be looking at things a little differently. You might be a student right now and and you're just plowing away trying to get stuff done, but you're being faithful to God where you are. You're using your high school campus, your middle school campus, your college campus. You're using it as a mission field and you're just being faithful to where you are and God's moving in your life and he's using you now. It doesn't seem like this grand plan, but he's just using you faithfully where you're at. Maybe you're here today and, and your big thing is, man, I feel like God's speaking to my heart that I need to get out of debt so that I can be a blessing and I can use God's money to, to call to do. And everybody, every time you turn around, everybody's making fun of you. How come you got that brown bag for lunch? How come you're driving that old jalopy car? Things a piece of junk. You need to just go out and get you a loan and get you a new one. I ain't got time for that. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. You're staying pure until you're married. What, what, everybody's like, man, that's old-fashioned. Why don't you just be like everybody else? What are you thinking? Man, I got a higher calling. I got a vision for something greater. I don't want to be normal. I want to be his. I'm doing a greater work. I got time to come down. I don't know what it would be. Maybe today you've been called to stay home and raise your kid. Maybe you feel like God's speaking that in your life. And people are saying, well, why are you doing that, man? You could be making so much money. I'm doing a great work. I'm doing what God's called me to do. I'm doing something special. I'm in, right in the middle of where God's called me to do. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. See, when you have that kind of laser-focused purpose on God's plan for your life, it diminishes distractions. Second thing is this. Purpose pushes you through the pain. Purpose pushes you through the pain. Whenever you have God's purpose in your life, it gives you motivations to keep going even when you're hurting. How many of you know it's painful to live your life in God's purpose? It's paved with pain, right? (coughs) Every single time. Can I just tell you, if you think that you're the only one that's going through stuff, you're wrong. All of us deal with pain. Jesus said it this way, in this world you're going to have tribulation, you're going to have heartache, you're going to have suffering, you're going to have... Pain. But what else did he say? Be of good cheer. Why? Because I've overcome all that. I've overcome all that. You're going to have pain. 
It was true for Moses. It was true for David. It was true for Esther. It was true for Mary. And it was certainly true for Jesus. It will become, it will be for us because when you're doing what God calls you to do, I'm going to tell you, you've got a spiritual enemy that is going to try to resist you. If you think that the devil's going to sit back and watch you get close to God, do what God's called you to do, see the lives of people changed in your family, in your community, around your neighborhood, and he's just going to sit back and let you do it, you have got something else wrong with you. Because he's going to go after it. You know, there's a, a thought process, and I know this is weird, and I, I sometimes I kind of get worried if I don't get resistance. Now, I'm not going to tell you I like pain. I don't. I'm not a proponent of pain. I don't like being hurt. I remember when my son was little, we'd play football in the living room. And, you know, the kickoff thing, and dad didn't have to go very far. You just kind of kicked the ball off down the hall, and he'd get a full sprint run at you and grab the ball and full sprint run at you, and you just kind of wrap your arms around him and tackle him, and that was good. But how many of you know he got older? He got in the middle school and says, Dad, let's play football again. And no, 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 I'm done. There was one day that I experienced pain when he plowed into me. And I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. I don't like pain. It's not something that I, I look around to try to find places where I can experience pain. I don't think any of us do that. Whether that be physical, whether that be emotional, whether that be spiritual, whatever the case, I don't think we look for places of pain. But sometimes I, I kind of, in my life, if, if everything is like really good, which to, to be honest, I... As I look back at my life, I, I can't, I've been blessed by God, but I, I'm, I'm looking back at my life and I can't think of too many times where I had a real long period of time where I didn't have any kind of resistance, where there wasn't something to go through, where there wasn't something that hurt. And part, this is not going to make it for too many more weeks, I don't think. Boosh. Sorry, that's squirrel. I got distracted. I don't look for those things, but sometimes I wonder if I'm in one of those long seasons and it, it kind of makes me think, am I really doing anything for the kingdom? Because let me tell you, if when there's no resistance, I, I want to be doing the will of God because I know that when I'm doing God's will and I'm following his purpose and I'm growing in my walk with God, that along the way there's going to be pain, there's going to be hurt, there's going to be resistance. Why? Because the devil's not going to just sit back and watch you grow. If you're just coming to church and punching a time clock and going out and you're living however you want to live and you're following the ways of the world and you're doing whatever you want to do, can I tell you, you may not have a lot of resistance. Oh, I started meddling today, didn't I? Sorry. You may not have a lot of resistance. Why? Because the devil doesn't care about you going out there and living like the world. 
He doesn't even care if you come in and warm a bench and a pew and sing songs with us. He doesn't care. But you show me someone who finds a direct purpose from God. You show me someone who says, I have decided I am following Christ with no turning back. I understand what God is calling me to. I understand that he wants to be close to me. And I'm going to be faithful to him in the little things. I'm going to see God move in my life from glory to glory to glory. I'm telling you right now, you will face resistance but if you're not that way yeah there'll be things that happen because you know life kind of has that ebb and flow to it and there are things that happen but you won't face resistance like you will if you just went after God I'm making it sound so appealing today aren't I can I tell you that if you'll commit your life to God, it'll be the greatest decision you ever made. The greatest decision I ever made in my life was to serve Jesus. My wife was my second greatest decision, asking her to marry me. But my first greatest decision was when I said yes to the Lord. You know why that is? Because I know, just like Sarah told you about, I know the life-changing transformation power of Jesus and what he can do. Has it been easy? No. As a matter of fact, when I first gave my heart to the Lord, I faced opposition like crazy. There were people in my life, my old friends, those people, the popularity side of this, that tried to say, hey, listen, what are you doing? This is stupid. Just hang out with us. And when I wouldn't do that, man, it was combative. It was, it was bad. It was painful. But can I tell you, it's always been worth it. Even in the hardship, it's always been worth it. There's a book that uh, I read recently. It's called Leadership Pain. It's written by a man by the name of Sam Chan. He makes a statement in that book that is so, um, just it really struck a nerve with my heart. It says this, you will grow to the level of pain in which you are willing to endure. You will grow to the, you'll only grow to the level of pain in which you're willing to endure. And that's true in a lot of things in life. It's true in your walk with God. Unless you're willing to experience pain in your life and resistance in your life, you will never grow to where God wants you to be. You've heard the statement before. I think I've even said it here. You have as much of God as you want in your life right now. And the reason why you don't have more is because you have reached the threshold of where you are comfortable with your pain. Does that make sense? And so if you will get to the place where you'll say, God, I pray that you would increase my propensity to have, uh, Lord, resistance and pain because I know that in the middle of all of this, God, you're able, you're able to see me through. And you think, you know, I go back to that text and it says that he didn't, uh, that Moses didn't, he esteemed the reproach or the dis- disregard or disrespect of Christ as greater riches. He, he expected pain because he knew that even more than the treasures of all of Egypt. Why? Because he knew the reward that it brought. The reward is having life with, have, with Jesus. 
there's a certain sense of, man, yeah, every now and then I'm going to suffer for my purpose. Every now and then people are going to take shots at me when I'm serving God. Every now and again it's going to cost me something. I mean, we know that. But I stop to think about this, this idea of, of moving in my walk with God and, and letting Him increase the purpose. And, and you know, I kind of think that Jesus paid a lot for me. It cost Him more than I can even imagine for what He did for me. So and every now and again, I don't mind a little resistance. don't mind a little pain. Because you see, my purpose helps me push through it. I'm going to be faithful to God. Push through the pain. Finally, today, number three. Purpose empowers you to please God. Purpose empowers you to please God. This is what Moses tapped into because he, as, as he was serving God, there was all kinds of oppositions. He faced it from his enemies. He faced it from the Pharaoh. He faced it from the children of Israel who were chronic complainers. But his purpose kept powering him to keep going. Why? Because he understood who he was pleasing. It's what God's called me to do. It's what he's created me to do. In the New Testament, there's a, a story of a man by the name of Peter and John. They were disciples. Some of the other apostles, they were preaching Christ. And some of the religious leaders came up to them and said this, Hey, don't. You guys can't do this anymore. You guys can't do this anymore. See, they'd already been beaten. They'd already been put into prison a couple times. But you have to stop preaching in that name. Hmm. I find that interesting. Stop preaching in that name. See, 2,000 years ago, they didn't want people to teach in that name. Obviously, they're talking about the name of Jesus. And here we are 2,000 years later. And what's the name that still riles everybody up? You can talk about God. You can talk about a higher power, a supreme being. You can even talk about spirituality. You can do that all day long on daytime talk shows. But when you bring up the name of Jesus, all of a sudden they lose audio. Why? Because that name is above every other name. There is no other name given unto men by which we would be saved. And one day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that name. That Jesus Christ is the Lord of all. They told Peter and John, you can't talk in that name. You can't preach in that name. You can't tell people about that name. What they say, oh man, we can't help but talk about it. In other words, if when you've been transformed the way that we've been transformed, when you've been forgiven the way that we've been forgiven, when you've experienced life the way that I've experienced life, when you've seen what I've seen, I'm telling you right now, I can't stop talking about Jesus. Can't stop. You can beat us, and I'll come back. You can put us in prison. And the funny thing is, he's talking to these guys that put them in prison. Guess what happened? An angel breaks them out. You can even kill me. 
But I'm telling you, I am not going to stop speaking about that name. And if you look at that text in the scripture, what he says is this. They replied this way. We must obey God rather than man. We must be adherent to the purpose of what God has called me to other than the popularity of what man thinks. can't please everybody. Did you ever figure that out? You can't please everybody. You can try, and man, sometimes you'll try so hard. Some people even get consumed by this. Do you realize how incredibly pathetic it is to people please? I mean, stop and think about this. We, we, we talk about that again. You know, do you like me? Do, do you like my hairstyle? Do these jeans make me look fat? Don't answer that. There's nothing but trouble in that for you. <laughs> you don't think I look good anymore, do you? Do you like my dinner? Do you like the car that I drive? Am I cool? I kind of drive a cool car. Hey, do you, do you like, do you like my, my profile picture? Do you, you, didn't, you didn't like say anything about it. You didn't push the like button. Do you, I, I thought we were close. I, I, I texted you and you didn't respond. I, I can't believe it. I, I, it's been 17 minutes and you didn't respond. Do you not like me anymore? Do you like, I saw bubbles. There were bubbles on my thing. There was a little bubble there with little dots on it and, and I thought you were to respond. You never responded. It's been 17 minutes. I can't believe it. you don't like me anymore. There were bubbles. I saw bubbles. I thought we were friends. Oh, I'm a Christian. Okay. Do, do, do you think I'm weird now? Because I'm a Christian? Well, okay. Well, then, then I'll just kind of be a Christian. I'll just do it every now and then. Will you like me then? You do like me, don't you? You think my jokes are funny, don't you? Living to please people keeps you from the purposes of God. It keeps you from doing what God's asked you to do. You can't please everybody. You know, I had a, you do a little exercise at the beginning today, imagining that everybody likes you. That is probably the most stupidest waste of your imagination that could ever happen. And I'm sorry. Because you can't please everybody. But you can please God. Get that in your heart. Get that in your spirit today. You can't please everybody. But you can please God. How do we please God? Whenever we live by faith, we please God. Whenever we're obedient and we're faithful in the small things of what God's called us to do, we please God. Whenever we die to ourselves and we let Christ live in us and through us, we please God. It's one of the most freeing moments that you can recognize that you can't, you can't please everyone else. So why are we so consumed with doing it? What does their opinion matter anyway? 
We should be worshiping, doing our life in everything we do. We do it for the glory of God. We do it for an audience of one. Because at the end of the day, when we stand before God in eternity, He's not going to ask you how many people you pleased. He's going to say, did you do what I told you to do? Did you please me? And ultimately, that's the thing that's going to matter. We've got to recognize that and be set free from the opinions of others. We're called to live according to the purposes of God. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Your opinion doesn't matter to me that much. You can make fun of me all day long. You can laugh behind my back. You can call me whatever you want to. You can say that I'm never going to amount to anything. But I know I'm doing what God's called me to do. And there's power in that. There's purpose in that. I'm serving someone that I can please. And I'm devoting my life to that. I want us to throw up that verse again on the screen. I've got a portion of it underlined here. It's so powerful. Moses, it says this, that he esteemed the reproach of Christ as greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked for the reward. Some say that he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value. Greater value. Why? Because he recognized where his reward came from. There's value in being liked by people. But who knows that there's greater value in being loved by God? There's value in our comfort, but there's greater value in God's calling. There's a value in fun with friends, but there's a greater value in faithfulness to God. There's a value in starting something important, but there's a greater value in finishing something important for God's glory. There's value in being popular, but there's greater value in serving God's purpose. Just tell yourself, be faithful with what God's called me to do. I can't please people, but I can please God. Maybe today you're raising little kids and you're up to your neck in diapers and wiping butts is all you do. For those of you that are pregnant, I'm sorry I kind of ruined that for you, but that's kind of, that's where you're going. And you may think something like this, am I ever going to see an adult again? I want you to tell yourself this, I'm being faithful in the moment. This is a big thing that's going to pay off later. I'm serving God in this. Maybe today, as I said earlier, maybe you're one of those things you're making sacrifices every day uh, to get out of debt and people are calling you stupid. Man, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? The Bible says don't be a borrower or a slave to the lender and I don't want to get into that kind of trap where I'm, 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 I'm bound by, by debt and I, I just want to be able to do what God's called me to do and be freed in my finances and serve the Lord. I can't come down. Um, I can't talk. I've got a bigger purpose. Maybe you're fostering a child. And it's the most rewarding and yet the most challenging thing you've ever done. You love it, but man, it's, it's a grueling process. 
and push it and purpose in doing it helps you push through the pain. In this moment, God's equipped you to make a difference in that child's life. And that purpose pushes you on. When you serve Jesus and your friends will make fun of you and they'll say, why are you doing that? Why don't you come back out with us and let's go party our brains out. They're going to laugh. They just don't understand. You've got to tell yourself, you know what, I can't please everybody. But I can please God. And I'm doing what he's created me to do. To go after him with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my mind, and with all of my strength. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, you got options. You make choices. And the sum of your choices today have been the ones from your past. It's where you are now. But decisions that you make today can affect who you're going to become tomorrow. You have a choice. Am I going to live for others? Am I going to try to please people? And I'm going to do something that I will never ever be able to achieve to find the approval of others? Or am I going to live for the audience of one and the approval of one and serve a God that I know I can please? Can't please everybody, but I can please Him. I can choose God's purpose over the popularity of people. I can choose his calling over my comfort. I can lay down my life and serve him. Today I challenge you that. Will you choose purpose over popularity? Would you bow your heads please? Father, today I thank you, Lord. (coughs) I thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you speak to our hearts. Today, some people are going to make some difficult decisions, but Holy Spirit, I know that you're going to be there and you're going to help them. Some people are going to make a choice that they're going to serve you and live for the approval of you and not care about what others think. Right now, Holy Spirit, I pray, would you speak to our hearts today? As you're reflecting in prayer today, let me talk first to those people who are committed Jesus followers. And you've surrendered your life to Christ and you want to follow him, but you recognize that you've had this problem and this distraction of pleasing other people. In fact, it's probably one of the number one or two things that is one of the biggest distractions of your life. You're you're constantly consumed about what people will think. What are they going to think? What are they going to say? How are they going to react when I tell them? When they see me doing this for the Lord, how are they going to respond to that? And when I said that comment earlier, it's like, oh, do you like me? If, I, if I'm a Christian, do you, do you, I'll just be a Christian part-time. Some of you are living that way. Because you're trying to get the approval of other people instead of the approval of God. I'll just be a Christian part-time. I'll just do it whenever it's convenient. No. The way I read Scripture, you're either all in or you're all out. And if you recognize today that there's a reality that, you want, that you're driven by the 
popularity of people, but you want to be driven by the purposes of God. When you wake up every day, whatever the task is in front of you, you want to do it with all of your heart to serve the Lord. You want to do it with excellence. You want to realize that even though it may not be seem big or significant today, I'm being faithful in the little moments. If I believe that if I do that, God's going to trust me because I'm living for the audience of one. And today you want to choose purpose over popularity. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? Would you say, Pastor, pray with me today? Is there anyone here today? I'm living for the, popu- for the purposes of God. I don't want to live for, the pop- for pleasing man. I want to live to please God. Yes, thank you. Wait just a moment. I feel in my heart there's others. I want to live to please God. I don't want to care about what man thinks. I want to please God. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Holy Spirit, we wait for you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Spirit, we wait for you. This is a big decision for some of you. This is a big thing. Because it's mean that you're saying, God, I'll sign up to do whatever you want me to do. I'm just going to follow you with all my heart. That's really what I want. And God's going to speak to your heart, and there's going to be things that he wants to get rid of you in your life, some mindsets that you're concerned about what other people think. reality, if it lines up with scripture, yeah, there's value in friendship, there's value in those things, but if what you're doing with them doesn't line up with the word of God, then who are you trying to please? Father, right now, I pray for every person that raised their hand today. Lord, right now, you know where they are. Every student, God, I wish that I would have had this message whenever I was a student. God, every student that's here today, I pray. It's so hard for them to not want to live seeking approval from other peers. It's hard for us as adults to live that way. Father, right now, I pray that there would be a movement of you in the hearts of those folks that responded today. That they'd have the resolve of Nehemiah that says, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. I'm not lowering my standards. I'm not lowering uh, my, my, uh, my walk with God. I'm doing a great work. God's called me to something higher. He's called me to be the, uh, the priest of my home. He's called me to, to lead my family. He's called me to, to be the Christian person that goes after him with all of his heart. I'm doing a great work. I don't have time to come down to worry about the opinions of others. God, I'm going to push through the pain. I'm going to push through the pain. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray that you would help those folks today. Holy Spirit, I know it's a 
It's a daily decision. It's a daily choice that says, I'm living for the audience of one. But God, I pray every day you'd help us to make that one. Just feel in my heart that there's a different way that the Holy Spirit's taking this. Right now, and you're here, and man, your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, and you're like, man, I feel like right now I'm on the pain highway. I, I feel like that's all I've seen around me is pain. I'm hurting. If that's you today, would you slip up your hand? Yeah, I'm on the pain highway. I'm hurting, man. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I feel like there's all around me. It's all I all I sense is pain and hurt. Yeah, Hallelujah. Here's what I'd like us to do. Would you stand to your feet today and just grab the hand of the person next to you? Let's agree together. I'm guaranteeing that every person in this room knows what pain is. If, you've, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I can tell you right now, every person in this room knows what pain is. Every person on some level. But today I, I'm so grateful that I serve a God who said, yeah, you're going to have pain, but I'll be with you. Yeah, you're going to have hard times, but I'll never leave you. And I'll get you through it because I'm greater than your pain. Can we pray for those folks? Father, today I pray right now. Holy Spirit, those folks that are feel like they're on the pain express right now, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus as they're holding hands with the person next to them, may they feel the warmth and the embrace of the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit's going to come on you and there's going to be a response of emotion. It's okay to let emotion go. It's okay to let emotion go. It's okay to let emotion go. Father, right now, embrace people where they're at. God, I know they're hurting. Going through a difficult season right now. There have been choices that people have made, choices maybe that they've made that have affected them in this road. God, they're experiencing hurt. But God, I thank you right now that you're the God who puts broken things back together. You're the God who mends hurts. And you're the God that carries us through the pain. So right now, Lord, I pray, would you do that today? Would you carry these folks through the pain? Hallelujah. Just one last thing today. Maybe you're here and maybe you're in a place of like Sarah was. And there's some addictions in your life. There's some things that you feel like the Holy Spirit's prompting you and you want to give your heart to Christ again. And this morning you just say, you know, Pastor, I, I just I feel like I just need to either recommit my life to to God or to give it anew to start something with him. Would you raise your hand today? We want to pray with you. Yeah, thank you. 
Praise God. Would you pray this with me, dear Jesus? I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. I start over today with you. I start living my life today for the approval of you. I understand, Lord, what you've done for me. And I thank you. Would you forgive me again and move in my life? In Jesus' name, amen.